Hi, friends. I'm so excited to be here today with my friend, Adriana. She is the technical director at Family Church in New York. Welcome, Adriana. Hey. Can you tell me about yourself and a little about your walk with Jesus? Yeah, so I was kind of born and raised in the church, so to speak. Uh, my family is churchgoers and super active, super involved in the church. And so growing up, I was basically... I like to say I was like bred to be a church person, to run <laughs> church, to kind of do that thing. And so um, the church that I grew up in, it was, um, how do I say this? It can be considered legalistic, kind of that, you know, very strict, very, sure. it was the Spanish Pentecostal world. So anybody who knows anything about being Pentecostal, and being Hispanic, I was kind of from both sides. It was a little strict. And so you're my third interview. Really? So people have said that. Yeah. So <laughs> we should all we should all just get on here and talk about it one day. And just <laughs> No, it's it's good and it's bad because, yeah, you know, sure. it, there's a lot of things that you learned that were beneficial mm-hmm. for sure in my walk with God and things that I find now later on in life, people that weren't raised that way. I think there's some missed opportunities that I'm like, wow, I'm really grateful for the things that I learned. Of course, it, you know, it took me years, years later to realize it. In the moment, I was like, I hate my life. (laughs) I hate that this is, you know, how I live and whatever. Um, But there was, there was a lot of things also that were just, it was just extra. Like, you didn't have to be that strict. You didn't have to be so mean. Like, why are we doing this to our kids? I don't know. So growing up, I really believed that, um, God was always with me and God was always, I think he was just, you know, up there looking down, like, it's okay, Adriana, you're, you're going to be fine. You're going to, it's going to work out when you're older, the things are going to be okay. But, um, I learned not that anyone specifically taught me this, but I think with just my own lens and the way that I viewed the world, I learned that behavior mattered the most. Mm. So everything that I saw that we saw in the church was based on people's behaviors. Mm-hmm. So my walk with Jesus was basically, what do I need to do? How should I act? How should I dress? How should I talk? Like those things mattered more than just the relationship with God himself. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until I got older that I was like, oh, you're supposed to read your Bible to like learn about God. I thought I was just checking it off. Like, yeah, I read a verse today. All right, I read my Bible. You know, like it wasn't until I got much older, like in my 20s that it became a thing. So really I struggled a lot because my personality, I don't like being told what to do. And Mm -hmm. that was basically all it was, was do this, don't do this, don't do this. You can do this, but only sometimes you can't do this. You know, a whole list of things. Mm And so that was a struggle for me. And it wasn't until I really got older that I was like, you know, maybe I should try to actually just talk to God Mm -hmm. myself and really understand why, you know, what is this? Why would you, they say, God loves me. Jesus died for me. Cool. But like, why? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until, you know, I got older that I really decided that I wanted to be a part of what God was doing and actually, you know, make this my life for real, instead of just something I did. You know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So it's pretty cool. So like yourself, um, you know, I'm, I'm divorced. Um, and, uh, God put on my heart 
you know, to, to, to talk about divorce, um, to talk about the, the logo of this podcast. Um, you know, it's a, it's a woman running and, you know, shame and other, you know, negative feelings and emotions are falling off of her as she's running towards the light, you know, symbolizing Jesus. And, you know, 28% of Christian marriages end in divorce. And I believe the statistic is 50% of just overall marriages end in divorce. Hmm. Um, so nine years ago, when I went through a divorce, I felt a lot of shame. And when I finalized the divorce, my feelings of shame and embarrassment felt like they were confirmed because of the way I was treated in the church um, that I was going to. When I think about this time in my life, it was it was dark, you know, it was, I felt very alone. Um, and I, I, I hid what I was going through. And then when I shared it, I still felt, you know, like it was just, it was dark. Um, and I, I, when I think about this time, I, I think about Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth. If one part of the body suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. That's first Corinthians 12, 26. I thank God that he healed me um, and really brought, you know, like a, a, such a healing to, to that part of my life. Um, I mean, it was nine years ago, so there's, it's been, uh, you know, a, a lot of time since then, but I think that the, 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 and I say the church and, and, you know what I mean, the church, you know, the body of Christ, us as believers, like we don't talk about divorce and, and things that are rooted in shame enough, you know, to, to, I think be empathetic to, to people who are, who are going through it. Um, what do what do you think the church can do to open up conversations about, about divorce? Um, I think it's almost like, it's just that, like, like talk about it. Mm -hmm. Don't just act like it's not happening or it hasn't happened. Like there are people, especially because the way that I grew up, um, divorce was not an option Mm. in the church. You just, you don't do that. Like, this is who you chose to marry. And so this is, Mm -hmm. you know, what you're doing and God will help you and you just pray enough and things will be better. And so that's obviously not always the case. Right. Um, I know for some people it's, depending on the situation, obviously everyone's situation is different, but if you're like in an abusive relationship or something like that, like sometimes you really just need to leave, please leave, be safe. Don't like, don't get stuck. And, and I think that God wants you to be happy and wants you to be safe. And in certain situations, the answer might just be, you need to leave. I don't think that's the answer for everything. I think if you're married to a person and you're arguing over, little things, the toothpaste, you're handling it wrong. You know, do you squeeze from the middle? Do you squeeze from the end? Like, I don't know, like, I don't think you need a divorce for that. I think that's a big thing though, right? (laughs) There's, there's underlying issues. I actually, I did see a counselor, one of the counselors at my church. And he was like, I have an answer for people that struggle with the toothpaste. Just buy two different toothpaste. (laughs) One is for the wife and one is for the husband. And then you guys don't have to argue over it. And I was like, that's, that's very clever. Um, But I feel like there's a need to win, right? There's a, yeah. there's a need to win. So there's almost, you can nitpick at certain things in a relationship because you really just want to win. You really yeah. want to outdo the other person or whatever. So yes, it's toothpaste, but there's an underlying problem right. in certain cases. 
Um, but I don't always think divorce is the answer to everything, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't say that it's not an option. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, when I first started talking about it, I know with my family, it wasn't really an option. Mm -hmm. Um, especially my parents where they're a little more strict, um, than like my siblings, but my, it was, it's just like, well, we don't do that. Mm -hmm. Like that's not something that happens. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, it's not something that happens until it happens. Right. And now how would we handle it? Mm -hmm. So, um, for me, I'm super grateful because I had my pastor mm. who was very open to have the conversation and just kind of like, is this really really what you want? Like, let's really talk about it. What's, what is it going to entail? Not just emotionally, but financially, mm-hmm. physically, like there's so many things that this is going to change. Your entire life is going to change. Mm-hmm. Is this what you want? Or are you just, you know, well, I got mad. So that's it. I'm leaving. Like really, because sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, we can be a little impulsive. <laughs> you get into an argument and you're like, that's it. We're not together anymore. And you drive away like, wait a minute. You have a whole, a whole life that you need to, you know, rethink. Um, but I think if we just as a church at large, yes, realize that there mm-hmm. are people who this is the choice that they made. Yep. So whether you agree or disagree, that's not the point. What are you going to do to help them? Mm. What are you going to do to walk with them. I don't, um, I don't believe that divorce is God's best. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it is the goal that this is the plan that God wants for people. I don't, it's hurtful. It's, it like, it's terrible. It's actually really bad. Even even when you're, you know, I like to think of myself as like, I'm super tough and I'm strong. I'm really not (laughs) (laughs) putting it out there. I'm totally a wimp, but I think that, you know, for me and my um, specific situation, I felt like there was a lot of things that I didn't know going into the marriage that I learned already being married. And I was like, okay, if I knew this beforehand, if I really understood what I was signing up for, I would not have signed up for this. Mm. And I didn't have kids. I didn't have, um, a lot of the other things that might keep somebody, you know, stuck in, in making this decision. And I was like, you know what, like, I'm young enough. We were only married a couple of years. It was three and a half years. And I'm like, we could live happy, fulfilled lives separately. If I just do this now, mm-hmm. if I wait 10 years, it's probably just going to be worse. And then I'm just going to end up getting divorced anyways later. And I like, I, all this kind of stuff, you know, played in my head. Um, but having someone to talk to about mm-hmm. it, having my, my coworkers, my friends, people at my church and being like, am I crazy? Is this okay? Does this make sense? you know, am I being selfish? Like I went through all these conversations and feelings and emotions because you also want to please God. And you yeah. I, like, you know, I want to make sure I got that bad at me. Like yeah. I went through all these emotions and things, especially because of the way I was raised in the back of my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, the Lord's going to be so upset with me. But I think that um, just talking things out and knowing maybe, yes, this is, wasn't God's perfect plan of the best life ever mm-hmm. but since I'm here right now I have a decision to make what am I going to do and I believe that God is with us even when we choose the right thing or the wrong thing he believe like, that too hey, yep we're absolutely. going left okay you want to go left sure mm-hmm. you want to go right sure and I don't think that he's micromanaging every decision that we make mm-hmm. he gave us free will yep. and there's certain things that I think that you you know you pray you ask him for guidance and you ask him for direction um, for me, I can't say that I felt like he was like, yes or no. It was more of like, I feel at peace 
and I'm learning so many new things about myself and so many things about him that I was like, I think God's going to be okay. Like, I think he can handle me getting a divorce without it being like, I don't know. I don't know if we can be friends anymore. Like you're God. Yeah. <laughs> you can handle it. It's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he dealt with a lot more, you know, Jesus died on the cross. You can handle my little divorce. It's really not that big of a deal to him. Um, and I think just including him in part of my everyday, yeah. like I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it without him. Yeah. I knew that there was going to be, you know, the lonely nights, the random emotional roller coasters. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why I'm crying in the middle of lunch, but I just feel like crying and I'm just yep. going to, and God's like, it's okay. I'm here with you. You know, like I, I knew that I needed to be with him. So I think mm-hmm. as, as a church, if we're able to just let people know, okay, you make whatever choices you make, you're human. You're not going to get it right all the time, but know that God is with you. Mm-hmm. I think that's better than us trying to live our lives in such a perfect straight line in the will of God that we think is like, it has to be exactly one way. I think God's like, my will is, I learned it this way. Like God's will is more of like a circle. Like you can do whatever you want to do kind of in that circle. He doesn't really care if you wear a blue shirt today or a red shirt. It's not the end of the world, but allowing him to be a part of what you're doing, I think is more important. Like having that relationship with him and just kind of like knowing that he's with you, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I heard um, last year I, uh, we were, we were going to a church and um, uh, it's, it's unfortunately too far to, to drive there now. Um, but, uh, but the pastor's wife um, talked about how she was at the beach one day and uh, she had a, she had a, you know, big beach umbrella and she had her kids with her and she had a chair under the umbrella. And she said, I have a choice. I could stay under this umbrella and stay protected from the sun, or I could, you know, get out of, from under this umbrella. And she said, it's kind of like God's covering, right? Like you can, you can choose to, to stay under his protection and covering and, and pray for that. And, or you can choose to kind of step out of that and step away from him. You know, and I love that, like some a visual person, so that depiction of like the umbrella mm-hmm. that it's like a, it's a choice, you know, it's a choice to, to, to be with him, to stay in his will. And I like that circle, you know, cause it's like, we have free will, but it's, it's a choice to be in relationship with him. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I think that for some people, um, it can the idea that God's will is more of just a straight line mm. brings me back to kind of how I viewed it as a kid, where sure. it was just a list of things. Right. So like you get married, you don't mm. get divorced. You don't do that, whatever. Mm. Like, and it's situational. So there's absolutely, certain, there's certain people that, you know, maybe through some, some counseling, through some therapy, professional help. Like, I don't think that church at large talks about that. Yeah. kind of stuff right. that's very helpful mm-hmm. there's things that you've um I listened to something the other day and they were talking about childhood vows mm. you don't even realize that you made a decision when you were five that you were going to be a certain way so let's say one of your parents um told you how proud they were when you cleaned your room 
Mm -hmm. Wow. You did it all by yourself. Great job, baby. And you're like, awesome. In your brain, it's almost engraved. I need to have a clean room for my parents to love me. Now it sounds crazy. Oh yeah. But you're like, well, obviously your parents love you if your room is a little messy, but this is the kind of stuff that could Mm -hmm. happen in a child's mind. And now that person becomes a neat freak and there everything has to be in its place and what and so as an adult you're like why is this person so you know everything is such in such order all the yeah. time There's no chaos ever in their life and and it goes back to just a moment where they made a vow in themselves i am going to do this because this is what makes my mom or dad proud of me mm-hmm. and i like that feeling that it gave me mm-hmm. i felt good so mm-hmm. i want to recreate that feeling and you and you make vows you know if somebody in your family did something and you're like oh i'm never going to be like that person and now as an adult you're trying so hard to not be that one cousin Mm -hmm. or that one aunt that you have and you don't even realize it sometimes so it's like through i think therapy and counseling and those things you can unveil you know with a professional's help that they know the right questions to ask you they know how to kind of peel back some layers and i think that um, is helpful to do in general, but especially when you're now married to a person and you're, you have your own issues they have their issues mm-hmm. and the way that you expect a wife to be, or you expect a husband to be, sometimes people don't even know to talk about that before yeah. you get married. You just get married. Cause it's like, well, we like to go watch movies together. So we're friends, we're dating. Okay. We get married, but what, like, how are you going to raise your kids? And then later on in the marriage, all these issues come up because I think we don't talk about things because we don't really know anything about ourselves. We're just living life like an autopilot. So I think that the church, if we, if we talked about things, if we Mm -hmm. talked about, um, you know, self-development, understanding how God made you, what are you really good at? What are your lenses, how you view the world and that kind of stuff, I think would be a better preparation before marriage, I started learning a couple of these things already being married. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, this is probably not going to work now that I'm learning, you know, all these things. Um, but especially like the kind of church that I was raised in, you got married young, you got married to, you know, if you're talking to somebody, it's because you want to marry them. Mm-hmm. That's why you're dating. That's why you're texting each other. And it's almost like, I can't just have a friend who's, I'm just getting to know someone. It's okay. And it's like, oh, you guys want to get married? No, <laughs> so I think, you know, there's, there's both sides. I think if we do better as a church, just preparing the younger people, yeah. like, Hey, this is really what it's going to be like. But then also on the other end for the people who, you know, are having marital problems or do end up getting separated or having a divorce, like having tools just to be able to help people and not shame them and right. not, you know, have that guilt. Cause that's, I think the turnoff and then we're upset when the church is empty on a Sunday morning. You're like, well, people want to go somewhere where they feel safe and they feel Mm -hmm. like it's going to help them and it's going to be better. So if we offer that to them, then, then maybe the, maybe the statistics, the number can go down and then, you know, church can be different than everybody else. And we could actually say having God makes a difference. But right now you said it's 28%. Yeah. 28% of Christian marriages and then 50% of just overall marriages end in divorce. Yeah. So, I mean, eventually I think that number is getting closer and closer where there's, there wouldn't be a difference. Right. If we don't start talking about it, there will be no difference. Mm -hmm. And for someone who's not a believer, it'll be like, well, why should I trust in your God? If you're living the same life as me, you know, 
Like what makes us different? Like we're saying, we know the truth. We have God, we have Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like if our actions don't show any difference, Mm -hmm. you can't really blame somebody for not, for not believing what we believe, you know? So that would be, I think the goal, let's work on stuff. Let's talk about it and let's get healthy so that we can, you know, be different and we can have like thriving, happy marriages the way that, you know, God intended it to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, one of the things, and and I think you'll, you might say this might be similar about your church too. I think we talked about this the other day when we talked on the phone, um, vulnerability in the church. And, um, one of the things that, um, pulled me to the church that we're at now, um, it was a journey to get there, (laughs) but, uh, in God's time we got there and I, as, as a single mom, yeah, I've, I've been divorced nine years now. I'm single mom for about 10 years. And I, I, I felt like I had to kind of, even though people knew I was a single mom for many years, I felt like I had to kind of hide that part of my self. Um, mm-hmm. And we're, you know, we're actually, we're a part of a, a, a beautiful Christian um, camps group too. Uh, and, and both at church and in that group, I feel like I can, I can bring my full self there and, and be vulnerable to the point of like, I'm a single mom raising two teenagers. And, you know, one of them is, is, is a teenage boy. Right. And to, to be honest about the, the needs of, uh, of a family, you know, with, you know, other believers who, who are, who are the church, right. The church isn't a building. It's, it's, it's people. Right. And to be honest about the, the needs. I mean, that was when I first started doing that, it was like, so it was so scary because I had this, you know, like yourself, this facade up of like, I'm good. I'm a independent woman. You know, I work in construction. I got it all together, you know, but I was like, you know, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this on here right now, but, um, I, 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 I went to, um, an event at church and I came home and I just, I just, I started to cry and I cried, ugly cried. Um, and I, I had to put a pillow over my face because I was crying and I didn't want my kids to think something was like actually wrong, you yeah. know? Um, and as I was crying, which often happens, God was just like revealing things to me that I didn't even realize I had been hurt, you know, and I didn't even let anyone know, you know, that I, I had, you know, just these areas of my, of life that I just needed some help with, you know, just needed, you know, some, some people to just be like, I'm here with you. You know, I, I, you know, I'm an open ear. I I'm here to listen, you know, um, I sure I'll, you know, I'll help you with, you know, this or that. And, um, it, it was, I went to, um, our church the next day. And at, at that point it hadn't become our church yet. Um, but after this conversation it did, and I just, I mean, I, (laughs) I started crying and I just broke down in front of a few of the pastors and I was, I just said, you know, I've, I've been hurt in this way, um, at feeling at church before. And I, I need to tell you, like, these are the, these are my needs. Like I'll, it's, it's a two-way street, you know, with a church and, um, and I'm, I'm all in. And I just, I just want a few people to just, you know, help me, you know, through these particular, particular things. And I just, I think that, that, you know, 
so many answered prayers um, after that. And, you know, just so I learned so much from that, even just that one, you know, very vulnerable conversation where I was just like, I need some help in these different areas, you know, with, with parenting and just with different things. And just like, a, you know, it was, it was so hard to do, but once I did it, I just, I mean, I would, I would not have taken that conversation back at all, even though I felt so raw and vulnerable in the moment, it's continued conversations and made them easier now as, as, as I've gone, we've gone on in this church and, but it would like that first conversation was so hard to be vulnerable, you know, to be just, (laughs) yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh gosh, I just feel like such a, such a mess, you know, in these certain areas of my life. And I don't have it together and yeah. <laughs> just help me. You know, I, I felt, strangers. I felt like I was drowning. So yeah. And they're like strangers at a new church. I, totally. But, so, they, but, but their responses to me, they listened and they said like others who have, who have shared things like that about being a single parent, you know, with teenagers and, and, you know, really wanting you know, some mentors and whatnot, they're like, that we, we just, we just love on people. Like we just love, and I, and that just broke me. Right. I was just at that point, I'm like, I'm all in, you know, but that vulnerability is what I was, is what I was getting to Adriana is, um, it, you guys have, I'm assuming vulnerability, um, (laughs) at your church. In our church, my, my pastor is probably one of the most transparent people I've ever met in my entire life. Love that that was what made me love going and being a part of the church. Like Mm -hmm. I, maybe it's just my scars from how I grew up, but I was like, you just tell how it is. Like, this is it. And all right. Like I can handle it because I feel like it's honest and this is you all the time. So Mm -hmm. I don't have to like guess, wait, are we okay to talk about this, but not in front of certain people, but it's only okay here. Like, I don't have to guess. We're just us. And so, um, because of that, I think that it draws in people who are willing to be more transparent. Yeah, so right. overall, yeah. the church is transparent. Like, it's just mm-hmm. that feeling of like, we can be ourselves and it's okay. And I mean, I I was a little concerned when I first went to talk to him about stuff because I, so like you said in the beginning, I work at the church. Mm-hmm. So I'm a church, I'm a staff member at a church that's sure. called family church where our goal is to you know raise up strong families yeah but I want to get a divorce (laughs) so it's like you don't want to have the spokesperson for a health club like hey I work at the gym but I'm overweight and I have all these issues like that's almost you know like you don't want to be hypocritical and so Mm -hmm. there was a little part of me on the inside that was like if I go down this road like I could lose my job and I'm like obsessed wow. with my job. I love working at my church so much. So shout out family church. I love you. Yes. Okay. In, where, in New York, right? In New York. Yeah. 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 So just that one. No other family churches. Yeah. New York, no <laughs> my church. Um, yeah. But I, there was a piece of me that was like, I could understand if, you know, they don't really want me to be on staff anymore. Or if it was just kind of like, maybe you should step down for a little so you could heal. Like I made up all these stories in my of head. Course. Of, how they would handle it. And none of that was true. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a sense of, are you okay still continuing doing what you're doing just because they want to make sure I'm good and mm-hmm. I'm healthy. 
And, you know, I don't want to be like trying to lead a team on a Sunday morning, but I'm having an emotional breakdown. You want to make sure, you know, sure. We're okay. Yeah. We're good. And I had, you know, my pastor and a lot of my friends at the church checked in on me all the time, like texting me, calling me. Um, one of my friends, there was one day I remember I was like super emotional and mm. I was just like, I just, I texted her and it was, and it was hard for me. Cause like you said, like being vulnerable, like that's not one of my favorite things, but totally. I know. I know that my pastor has always told us like at the church, you cannot expect what you don't express. Mm. You never say I need help. Yeah. Sometimes people don't know to help you. They just right. assume, especially when you're putting on a really good sure. heart. Yeah. Oh, it's got it all together. Great. Which is really easy to do on a Sunday morning, but <laughs> it's the rest of the week, you know, at <laughs> night when you're by yourself and then you're like, oh, whatever. So I remember I texted one of my friends and I was like, I'm having a really bad day. Mm. Just so you know, like I didn't say what I wanted. I didn't know what I wanted from her. I just wanted her to know, I guess. So I didn't feel yeah. so alone. And she was like, I'm coming over and picked me up. And we went to Starbucks and got a drink and walked around Hobby Lobby and looked at, you know, the nice little <laughs> paintings yep. and the verses on the wall and random stuff that just made like just you know it made me feel happy and whatever and it just was kind of like okay like if you want to sit in the car and cry we can blast music and we'll just drive like she was like I don't really know what to do to help you if you want to sit and talk we can but if you just want to I don't know do whatever she's like whatever you need I'm here and it for me it just felt good to know someone would do that mm -hmm. which is so that. wild because I know I would do that for her, I would do that for half my friends. Like you need anything, you know, I'm there for you. Call me at 3 a.m. If if I see that you're calling me, because yeah. I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping. I'm sorry. <laughs> but if I see your call, I'll pick it up. I'll answer it. I'll talk you through. I'll pray for you. I'll do all that. But for whatever reason, we feel like people wouldn't do that for us or yeah. we're a burden or, you know, I don't want to bother anyone, that kind of a thing. So I think just, just like opening up and asking for help when you need it being uh, daring enough to kind of do that, I think gave me a lot more opportunity to see how people could help me mm -hmm. and how um, me being transparent and saying, hey, like, I really don't have it all together. Even now, um, it's it's been a year since I broke up with my ex. Um, not since we've been officially divorced yet, but I'm still like, there's still days where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I don't know why today is so much harder than yesterday. <laughs> Nothing changed. Mm -hmm. Nothing at all. Um, it's, it's it's the same. I don't know what it is, but certain days are better than others. But I will, you know, I'll send a text to somebody and just be like, hey, I'm having an off day today. Mm. So, you know, just for that, like accountability. Of course. If I'm, you know, if I start taking out my feelings on someone else and I'm, you know, I'm being mean or nasty and they're like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just upset. Like I'd rather put it out there first and kind of have that. Um, just let everyone know what's going yeah. on. Or if I just need a day, like, Hey, I'm sad. <laughs> okay. So what can I do to help you? And just, it's not fun. It's, it's really not fun. It's so helpful to be able to just talk about it. And for me, I always think back, like, I'm grateful that I have people that I can say this to. Likewise. Yeah. People that I can mm -hmm. talk to where I know there's people out there that they don't have anyone. Who are you going to, like, if you ask people, the majority of people, they don't have a best friend. They don't have, you know, 
they don't talk to their coworkers about mm-hmm. personal life. You just go to work, you get your job, then you go home. So I'm always like, let me use what I have. Mm-hmm. If I have church friends, if I have people that I can reach out to. Um, and if you don't have that, then I would say like, for anyone who's listening, find people, yeah. join a, a small group in your church, yep. um, talk to your pastors, go, like you said, just go and have a meeting and be like, this is what I need. And there may be other people <laughs> in the church that need help with something. There may be other people that you can, you know, you can begin a, a team or like a small group of people that need help. And maybe that, you know, helps transform somebody else's life. Absolutely. Like you said at first, when one part of the body hurts, the rest of it hurts too. And I always think of the example, like you hit your head on something, your hand immediately grabs your head mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that hurt. And you you apply pressure and like you use your hands, you know, to grab whatever. That's else good. Yep. That's good. Yep. Right? So mm-hmm. it's like, but if you don't say something that you're hurting, you know, you have to kind of put that out there and it's, and it sucks. Like, I know it does. It does. <laughs> so bad especially when you want to pretend like you're super strong and you're maybe for some people, it's not that bad. I feel like some people are totally cool with asking for help. And I'm like, that's great. <laughs> I'm not that person. Yeah. It's, it, and I want to say there was no, there, the, the poor pastors that I just spilled all the vulnerability to, there was no meeting set up. It was like at the end of like a you know, kind of a, a training that they had done for not, not training, but like an intro to the church, a two day uh-huh. intro. And I just, <laughs> I just looked, they were, they were sitting at the, the uh, front of the church at the end. And um, I was just like, I'm going to go talk to them. I said this to my daughter uh, my, at the time she was 16 and she was like, you're going to cry. I'm going to go sit in the coffee shop because there's a coffee shop right for the church. I'm like, she knows, you right. well. <laughs> she knows me. She knows me so well. And I went up and sure enough, I, my mask was on, you know, uh, and I was just, I just couldn't even contain it, but yeah, you're, it, it was, it, 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 I love that you have people. I, I, myself, I do too. And um, to anyone who's listening, that, that's such great advice, um, Adriana, that, you know, to, to, to join a church, to join a small group to, I mean, to be honest, there's been so many people that I have before I met them. I literally prayed to God for, for that. Like, I didn't know who they were or, or anything, but I prayed to God for specific people in, in mine and my kids' lives, um, to just, just ask God for those specific people, you know, and, and, answered prayers. I mean, like answered prayer and God is good. You Mm -hmm. know, God doesn't, he doesn't want us to go alone, go through all of this alone. I think it's secular culture, you know, tells us, you know, you can be, you know, strong, independent, you know, and it's, 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 it's lonely when you're not, you know, when you're putting on a facade all the time and then you take your mask, you know, mask before COVID, right? Like you take your mask off when you get home and you're like, I'm all alone. And and nobody really knows my true self and my needs. And, you know, it's just. And I think what's crazy is that like, we all do this. We do. Absolutely. Like there's so many people that you could all be in the room together and you would all say, yeah, I feel alone. And it's like, but we're all in the room together. Yeah. So you feel alone, yeah. I feel alone, but we're together. Like we could be friends if we actually just you know, became friends. If we yep. actually, if you actually reached out to somebody and yes. sent them a text and tried to build a relationship with them, I think that 
we don't because there's like this fear of rejection or whatever it is that we have that it's you don't want to be a burden or you don't want to be a problem and there's also like I don't for me I don't like sharing my business with people because then what if we're not friends anymore so now I have to worry like you're gonna go share my business (laughs) with other people (laughs) so you don't really I don't know that could be another thing that stops people but I've learned that the majority of the time when I've taken a step out to be more vulnerable yes. and I let somebody in when I've cried in front of people, mm-hmm. which is the worst, but I, yes. usually, <laughs> it is. It's so hard. I usually do it all the time. I don't know why I act like I don't cry. I, I'm pretty much <laughs> crying most of my life, but I like to pretend that I'm okay. And I got it too. Yep. Um, but like going out and like stepping out and trying something different and saying, Hey, I'm not okay. You'll, you'll attract the other people that are like, Oh, me too. We should yeah. together. Yeah. You know? And then for me, it feels safe. I feel more safe when I know that you don't have it all together. Right. And I feel like you're not going to judge me yes. for not having it all together. Yep. And it's like, Hey, if we just decide to not judge each other, mm-hmm. we can just be friends and like figure this out together. And there's days, um, my one friend that I said, she picked me up and we went driving yeah. There's days now where we'll like sit and talk. And some days we're talking more about her and her issues and her things. Mm-hmm. And there's other days where we're talking more about me. But either way, you know, we have that space now where we've created like, all right, we need to talk. And there's days where we'll call stuff out of, out of each other. Sure. Like, hey, you're not healthy. You're not yep. being okay. Mm-hmm. That's not a why are you, you know, you're not being yourself. So do you need to talk? Do we need to go somewhere? Do we need to have yeah. another Starbucks and Hobby Lobby date? Like, and, and for me, it's, we gave each other access to kind of do that right. because over time we created a safe place mm-hmm. that I know cannot, you know, is not always the case in everybody's situation, but I think it's like, it's a goal to try to get to that, to find at least one person, Absolutely. two, three people that you can pull from that can help you to be better. Mm-hmm. I think that's what people want. You want to feel safe. You want to get better. And just as a church, um, like we really should be that for each other. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we're one body with many parts and it's like, we all function together. Mm-hmm. So understanding that everybody has a different role and mm-hmm. people do different things, but how can I help you to be the best that you can be? How can you help me? And just kind of move forward, I think is the is the plan. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. This, thank you so much for sharing. This was such a good, yeah, such a good conversation. Thanks for having me. What would you say to someone who, who wants to seek Jesus, but has no idea what that looks like? Man. Um, well, for starters, I think finding, um, a good church, Mm that like finding a good church that preaches the actual Bible yeah, and yeah. not just, you know, their opinions on stuff, but finding a good, um, I don't know if I told you, I think I told you this the other day, my church, we kind of, we describe ourselves as a life-giving church mm-hmm. because, and some people ask, you know, well, what is a life-giving church? Yep. And it's like, have you ever been to a life-sucking church? Because we're the opposite of that. <laughs> like yep. You want to go somewhere that you feel, you know, warm and welcomed and mm-hmm. you you're happy you enjoyed it and 
it makes you want to learn more about God and yeah. learn more about this walk and, and be better as a person and grow in that. And so I think finding a good church that you can get connected to other people, like we've been saying, and, and find that sense of community and mm. friendship um, is always a big help. And then obviously, you know, you can grow in that kind of a setting, but then there's like the personal side where I think that just inviting God into your day mm. is probably for me was the difference between how I grew up. Mm -hmm. And like, I knew that there was things I had to do as a Christian, like quote unquote had to do um, that you have to, you know, read your Bible and you got to pray, you got to do this. But it wasn't until I was like, okay, but God, I really need you to actually be a part of my life because I can read my Bible and I can do all the things in the morning, right before my day starts or whatever. But when I'm sitting at work or I'm sitting, you know, driving my car and I'm thinking all these crazy thoughts and I'm having like an anxiety attack, mm -hmm. I'm getting worried and I'm getting like, what do I do then to help me in that, in that moment, where's God, you mm -hmm. know? And so I had to learn how to not just read the Bible to say I read it, but like, do I believe what it says? Do I believe that God is with me at all times? Do I believe this to be true? And if so, then as I'm in those moments where I'm like, okay, I'm getting anxious. I'm getting like worried about things. I'm starting to spiral out of control. Okay, but God is with me. He's for me. I can like talk to him. I know he's here. And that kind of a thing has been helpful for me. So I would say for someone who's like, I don't really know anything about God. What do I do? L learn more about him. Hmm. Like we have... If you want to learn anything ever, you go to Google and you type it in and it'll, there's a YouTube video. I'm sure there's like a TikTok or something that you can look up stuff. And so I, um, I would look up like, what does the Bible say about anxiety? Mm. What does the Bible say about depression? What does the Bible say about joy? So another tool that I learned, like the Bible was written, you know, 2000 years ago. Mm -hmm. So some of the words that we use today may not actually be in there, but um, like thinking about depression or anxiety, like that's something that I, you know, dealt with or still kind of deal with, you know, randomly. And it's like, this is a situation where the Bible may not exactly say, if you don't want to be depressed, then do X, Y, Z. That's not how you're going to find it in the Bible, yeah. but I can, you know, learn that the opposite of that, like, I don't want to be depressed. I want to be filled with joy. I want to be happy. I want to have love and I want to, you know, have peace in my life. I don't want to be anxious. I want peace. So sometimes it's like informing yourself on how to have the opposite, not just not have, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like I'm getting more. Absolutely. <laughs> explain it. Nope. Absolutely. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, so if the Bible says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Like that's the good stuff that I do want. So instead of being anxious, what I should be looking for is maybe not just how do I not be anxious, but how do I get peace? Mm. And if God is with me and he says that he'll keep me in perfect peace when I keep my mind on him, when I put my trust in him. Okay, so then in this situation, I'm gonna put my trust in God yep. because then he'll keep me in peace. It's like a math formula in yeah. my brain. <laughs> How do I, you know, A plus B, what do I need? What piece am I missing to get yep. the result, you know, that I want? So that kind of a thing is just like, I use the internet. I ask questions. 
you know, create a good relationship with your pastor, with people around you that have been in church longer, mm-hmm. know more about the Bible, have been through something before, like, mm-hmm. it, like you would, you wouldn't get advice from somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. Right. I'm not going to ask for financial advice from someone who has no money mm-hmm. <laughs> unless I'm looking for what not to do. That's different. So you would like find the people that you see in your life that are full of joy, mm-hmm. that are happy that they, you know, and no one's perfect, but they just, there's an area of your life that you're struggling with. Where is that person that has conquered that has, they're showing the fruit that they know what they're doing. And you're like, wow, ask them for, you know, Hey, would you mind if we went out for coffee on Sunday after church? And can I just pick your brain and talk to you about certain things and just start a relationship with people. So you have someone to go to, to talk about things. And yes, you're seeking Jesus, but you're, you're using people around you to help you um, to find, you know, and build that relationship with God. And like, to your point, ask God, God, I need Mm -hmm. friends. So help me, help me to be friendly. The Bible says, if you want friends, be friendly. So you smile, you know, whenever your mask is not on, make sure you're smiling. (laughs) Be that, you know, and draw people into you and be that kind of person. But knowing that God is with you to help you get those things, I think is just the main place to start is just like, hey, God, here's my day. I want you to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And then as you go throughout your day, when you're struggling with things, invite him in. And that way he's a part of it. I, I think the way that I grew up, it was so, it was just like, God is so holy, which he is, but he's not too holy that he's like too far away from us. Like that's the yep. point of why Jesus died so that we can be close with him mm-hmm. and have that relationship with him. So I think there's certain points where, we learn, and maybe this is not everybody's story. Maybe I'm, it's just the ones that grew up like me, but it's this feeling of God is all the way in heaven and we're all the way down here and we don't deserve, you know, to talk to him and we don't deserve any of it. And it's like, that's true, but he changed it mm-hmm. so that we can. Yeah. I don't deserve it, but he made a way for me to talk to him. So now I am going to talk to him mm-hmm. and I'm going to feel free to have the conversation and ask questions and say, I'm not understanding why this is happening to me, especially going through divorce. Yeah. Why is, is one of the questions I just wake up in the morning, like why, just why I don't understand. But, you know, knowing that he's there with me um, has helped me to try to like learn more about him and not so much. What does he think is um, like what he thinks is right and wrong for my everyday decisions, but just in general, when you learn more and you like seek God and you try to learn more about him, I think that helps you to make better decisions because you're like, oh, I know God's personality. He would be okay if I did this. He'd want me to do this, not this. I think that's kind of the goal of trying to learn more about um, God and stuff. So I know I'm like, (laughs) I keep going off on random tangents. That's okay. That's okay. It's all good. It's all good. (laughs) Yep. Thanks for being here today. Yeah. Thank you. This was fun. <laughs> would you mind, um, would you mind praying us out? Yeah, sure. So God, we're coming for you in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for this time that we had um to speak together. And I thank you for everyone who's listening to this podcast. Um, I'm just grateful that we were able to kind of talk about things and be a little transparent. And so I thank you, God, that those that are listening are able to find um 
friendships, find a village of people, find a community to help them grow and help them realize that they're not alone. And I thank you, Lord, that you're with us and that you're a part of what we're doing. And, I, and I'm just grateful for random friendships and random things that come about because of this podcast and, and the conversations that'll get started. And I just thank you, God, for those watching that are going through a hard time that you just keep them in perfect peace as they put their trust in you, as they, as they're turning to you, as they're looking for something and seeking something from you. I just thank you, God, that you're there, that you're real and that you're an answer to their mm -hmm. prayers. So yeah, thanks God for this awesome time in Jesus name. Okay. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen.